0: force is strong in my family. My father has it. I have it.
1: My sister has it. You have that power too. Oh, celebration what's up what?
0: uh, who wants to see a new teaser never ceases to amaze me your support your enthusiasm and your passion over the years i felt such love from you you're more than just fans you're family
1: to the 14th episode of Blast Points. And I cannot believe that Star Wars Celebration Anaheim was one year ago this month. And the person responsible for a lot of that is Mary Franklin. Now, Mary is the current, she's currently an, an event director at ReadPop, which handles Star Wars celebrations, cons like C2E2 in Chicago, and international comic cons, and so much more. She previously was the Lucasfilm events and fan relations lead. She has a long, rich history with Star Wars and Star Wars fandom, and bringing it all to the next level, and I was honored to talk to her recently about all of this and more. So let's go over to this interview with Mary Franklin right now. Okay, so I am here with Mary Franklin. Mary, how are you doing this morning?
2: Oh, very good. Thank you.
1: So you grew up in a galaxy far, far away known as Cordova. Am I saying that right? Cordova, Alaska?
2: You are saying it correctly. I actually moved there in 1989, but I did spend a lot... A lot of time there in Cordova from um, 1989 to 2000. Actually,
1: I'm sorry, 1988. <laughs> and you were in, in, the, in, the, in the glorious and weird time that was Star Wars fandom in the mid-90s. You were getting, when, when the internet first started up, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were getting really involved in the early days of Star Wars internet fandom.
2: Yes, absolutely. You know, I lived in that fishing... Korkov f- was basically a fishing village. Uh-huh. And um, at the time, thought I was probably the only adult female Star Wars fan in the world because I didn't know any others. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, lived in a, a fairly isolated place. You know, there were no theaters in Korkov. I had to fly or take a boat to get there. And... Um, then with the start of the internet and, the, and me getting on it in the mid-90s, I discovered there's all these other Star Wars fans. Um, got involved in a group called the Star Ladies, which is, you know, the old AOL chat rooms. We um, Most of us were like professional women who loved Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And then um, was one of the early people in the Star Wars online fan club. Uh, we were a group that um, we had... And, you know, you're too young, probably. I'm sure you've read about, heard about these terms, but you're probably too <laughs> young to through them. But we had an electronic magazine, you know, eZine. I did a newsletter um, every week. We did online trivia competitions, and I'd nail out little prizes. And we really had the first big online community um, at the time. Lucasfilm didn't have a website yet. And uh, we, like, my newsletter had readers in 23 countries at,
1: wow. at its peak. Wow. Well, yeah, I I always think back, like, I always get out sometimes, like, my old, um, like, the first, like, 10, 15 issues of Star Wars Insider when it came back.
2: Oh, and yes. Mm-hmm. I still for, have all those, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, for, like, a trip down memory lane of how kind of awesome and, Weird compared to now, Star Wars fandom was there for a little while in the mid, mid, early '90s, like '94, '95.
2: Yeah, like my newsletters. I, like we, we just scraped up whatever news we could get. Yeah, there wasn't a Lucasfilm website. But yeah. Yeah, we had Star Wars Insider, but just anything people would hear, or if they'd find new comics, and they'd send the send the news to me, and like we, we would just compile any news we could find. And yeah. send
1: it out to fans. Yeah, it was like um, um, the, spe- the I remember the news of the special editions coming was so insanely exciting. Yeah. and The prequel yes. still seemed so far away. And, um, mm-hmm. So how did that? How did that? All that lead to then kind of lu- get you getting on Lucasfilm's radar and then bringing you in.
2: The, some of the people from Lucasfilm subscribed to the newsletter. My newsletter. They were very curious about what Star Wars fans were thinking, mm-hmm. um, what what they were interested in, you know. And um, some of them subscribed to my newsletter. A woman named Lucy Wilson, who at the time was the head of, of publishing mm-hmm. at Lucasfilm, did. Steve Sansweet did. Um, a few other people did as well. And and sometimes would ask me questions, and I started to. Get, you know, they were following us online and following our community, and sometimes I would, you know, get to communicate with them when they were interested in certain things about fandom.
1: So when, so when you did they did they call you? Did they send you a letter?
2: Um, they they emailed me. Okay. They email me the questions, and I I I remember. I think I had a couple phone calls with them too. We were, were you freaking like with out Steve, with Steve Sansweet and Lucy Wilson. I think I also spoke with
1: them on the phone. Wow, we, we, were you freaking out? Were you excited to, when you first got? Oh, there? I was
2: so excited! I was <laughs> so excited that Lucasfilm was following our, our group. Online. Yeah, like yeah, because we had we had a lot of like really great artists and people who contributed to the like the easing, and I thought we were doing some really cool things for the community. So it was exciting that yeah. Lucasfilm was paying attention.
1: Yeah, to be recognized. So then when you came in, how did that lead to uh, becoming involved with, with Celebration and, uh, and Bantha Tracks and all of that? How did, how, did, how did all that lead to, what was the next step?
2: Well, after some, some years of you know, the newsletter, the online fan club, um, when it came time to hire someone to work with Lucas on Celebration 2 um, I wasn't involved in Celebration the first one
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, Lucas Some actually asked me if I wanted to apply so I <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> I did yeah. duh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, applied for the job I have a, a business degree with communication minor I had been running my own small businesses in. Alaska, you know, for some years, and was very involved in fandom. So I was hired for, you know, in running like one of my businesses involved like organizing different events for nonprofits Mm -hmm. in Alaska, and so I was very involved in that, but and also very involved in the fandom. And they were, I think, wisely looking for someone who was really connected to Star Wars fandom to be involved in celebrations. So. That I think was a good idea. I'm sure that was Steve Sansweet's idea, which was great. And um, then I did apply and I could get hired and packed up all my stuff and moved to California.
1: Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> it's so exciting, probably. Um,
2: oh, it was. It was hard <laughs> to leave. You know, Cordova is like, it's my home. I still consider it home. Yeah. But a great, great move.
1: Yeah. yeah. Celebration two was actually was my first uh, celebration, also. Um, and I know I, I have, um, absolutely, it was my first exposure to the, the bigger world of Star Wars fandom and it was obviously made a huge impact on me. What, what are some of your, you must've been so nervous probably that night before celebration 2. I I was
2: terrified for six months.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can can imagine.
2: I was pretty much terrified since I started actually, which is more than six months before the show. (laughs) yeah yeah it was great though
1: um looking back on celebration two, which i it I'm not gonna say how many years ago it was because it makes me feel so old, but like um <laughs> looking back on celebration two what what are what are some of your memories like with everything that you've been through since then, that very first one?
2: Well, one of the biggest i I'd say the biggest impression on my event career happened at celebration too leading up to the show obviously it was very busy. like I'm terrified I want to make sure everything goes right goes right for the fans That the guests have a good experience but you know that the show logistically goes well
0: mm-hmm.
2: and so it's super busy, not much sleep you know working weekends. Mm-hmm. which is fine that's what you do in the event business. and but the morning it was gonna open. I walked out the door, and looked down the queue, and the, the queue stretched blocks. It went, like, six blocks down the street and around the corner, and I walked down the line and just looked at it, and, you know, people in costume, and it, it like, finally, like, hit me. Like, it really sunk in. It's like, I am involved. I am one of the people making this event for these people. Like, I'm helping make memories for my fellow fans, and here they are. Yeah. And that was that was pivotal. That was really an emotional moment for me. I bet, yeah. And it's yeah. something I've been thankful for ever since
1: that I get to be involved in that. Yeah, I mean, you did, just even speaking for myself, you definitely did for me. Um, and so when you, when you were building up the official Star Wars fan club with Lucasfilm, like, what were... What were some of your goals, like your ideals, like what were you striving for? Cause I know I can speak for, cause I was a long time member of the Star Wars fan club and like, it, it, when I would get like those gift packages with like stickers mm-hmm. and fun stuff, it was, it was so awesome. And it, re, when I was in line at Celebration Anaheim and they were, there was the pizza thing. It reminded me, yeah. it reminded me of all that, that I was like, what other fandom thanks their fans like this? Um. So maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but what were some of your goals, your goals with building up the Star Wars fan club?
2: Oh, it was that was that was a really exciting time for me. You know, Paizo Publishing wanted to reintroduce you. They had the license for the fan club at that time and the license for Star Wars Insider. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to reintroduce Bantha Tracks and reintroduce the fan club. And I, I was editor of Bantha Tracks, and I was so excited to get to be in on that because I had, you know, been a subscriber to BanthaTracks way back when, you know, yeah. it was first out. Um, I wanted to make sure from my end, from the BanthaTracks side, that the, it really reflected the fandom. You know, Bantha tracks made a change then because way back when I was subscribing to the newsletter, it was the news from Lucasfilm. Right. Um, when Mantha Text was reintroduced by Paizo Publishing, it was, you know, the news from Lucasfilm was coming out on StarWars.com. Like that wasn't needed anymore. But what was really great that we got to do was be a voice for fans, for sharing fan stories and sharing important fan stories and fan stories. It was fun reflecting, you know, what people did, getting bad news out there at, that was really what we wanted to be and, and I think Bantha Tracks has done that and now with Pete Zilmer as editor it's, you know, he's continuing that which is wonderful
0: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah I loved it because it was like a monthly pulse of the the fan community and I, you know one thing I always noticed in all those Bantha Tracks like when they show photos of fan events everyone was always smiling you know uh huh yeah um mm-hmm which i always loved. It was and it, that kind of brings me to the to the next next idea like the, the Star Wars fandom is so unique in its i almost feel like in, a, in like in, a, in its positiveness. Um for me that's the one thing i take away from so much of Star Wars fandom. Um and sometimes i try to describe to people how um Star Wars fandom is unique from other fandoms out there. I feel like well, how would you from all your experiences, describe the the spirit of Star Wars fandom. Like what what is it when you think of it, what words come to mind for you?
2: The first word that comes to mind is community. Um, people have made lifelong friends in the Star Wars fandom. And you know, my early Star Ladies friends, like some of those are like my my best friends still. Um, so community especially like, at the celebrations where, like, it looked like we would, there would never be another Star Wars movie. Yeah. I, I felt like people loved. they love to come hear the news, they love to do the things with the show, but, like, I felt sometimes the number one reason was to see their friends and to celebrate with the Star Wars community. Uh, I think that community is inspired by the timeless messages in Star Wars. Um, it's, you know, the, the loyalty of friends, the choices between good and evil, your life journey and how that changes and how you have mentors and, and how you have to make your own decisions. And it's, that speaks to every generation. I think the new movie has done well to continue that, really well, to continue that message, and um, it's it's just timeless. Mm-hmm. Like when we're into, yeah, I'm... I'm I'm a fan. I'm a pop culture fan. Like, I've been in, I am into, and have been into other things as well. Like right now, I love Game of Thrones. I love the characters. I love the story. Oh, sure. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, there's, there's, there's different things, but there's just something about that, that hero's journey message of Star Wars that, you know, George, you just made the core of the story that I think just keeps, keeps inspiring people, keeps, Keeps bringing in
1: new fans and makes people want to introduce Star Wars to their kids. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's. I feel like, especially with the new film, it's just it. It's just kind of exploded, like with mm-hmm. new younger fans coming in, and they're just picking up right. They're they're getting it. They're getting what Star Wars is yeah. all about. Just and that's the the kind of the greatness of. Uh, the new film. So with, with star Wars kind of the explosion that was the, uh, the force awakens this year, um, where do you, I mean, where do you see the, the future of star Wars fandom going? I mean, it's probably only going to get just bigger and bigger.
2: That's yeah. I know. I believe that. And I love the idea of the, um, the new, the new movies that are not in the series too, like the coming rogue one, Mm-hmm uh, they con I can't remember what they're calling them. it's they're standalones, you know, the yeah. the standalone movies. That they like that story is gonna be so great.
1: Oh, no it's yeah. gonna
2: be well told I know, it's just yeah. gonna be wonderful. And I I I see that adding a lot of fans too, you know, just they there's there's such great stories in Star Wars. So yeah, I think it's really exciting and and celebration has no lack of great content <laughs> for this future. <laughs> so I'm very happy to still be working on Celebration because I'm the lead on celebration for the licensing lead pop now. But it's exciting for us to still um, still get to work on the show that has so much great content.
1: So Celebration London is coming up pretty quick. I'm sure you can feel it. I'm sure you know that. Uh yeah, I <laughs> do. <Not you. laughs> so, celebrations. Um, I've never been to a celebration outside America. So, what the biggest? What are some of the differences between um, the U.S. celebrations and um, the the ones in Germany or London or Japan?
2: Um. Well. <laughs> aside from the, the obvious. the obvious, No, I mean what are the... The fandom is very similar, very passionate. You know, people bringing their kids, people meeting their friends, people travel from other places to see it. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a fairly similar fandom, and just some of the differences are, are cultural. Just like one of the amusing ones is that in the United States, the fans tend to queue much earlier, oh, they really? are much further in advance than other countries. When we did celebration in Germany in 2013, um, I walked over from the hotel to get started really early in the morning, probably like 5 in the morning. And there was a couple there who had come from the United States who came over at 4 in the morning, and they were in a panic because there was no queue, and they thought celebration had been canceled. Because <laughs> in the States... There would have been a queue already. Oh, yeah. We would have let, oh, people, yeah. would have let people line up overnight in the hall. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there wasn't one yet. And so the they were in a panic. I said, oh, no, no, we're having it. It's not canceled. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> they just don't tend to come as early. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're, you're just the crazy Americans here.
2: <laughs> right, exactly.
0: <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> so that's that's the those kind of more logistical things or maybe where I noticed the difference but not not really in the spirit of fandom at all.
1: Yeah, I could imagine that no matter where you go Star Wars fans are Star Wars fans.
0: In the not so distant future on a planet called Earth it's Underoos. Star Wars Boba Fett is here That means Darth Vader's always near CPPO is lots of style And R2D2 just makes me smile under
2: are here yeah something out of sight in underwear. <laughs> oh, don't be so
1: ridiculous R2. are you underroo earthlings so your your passion your drive for organizing fandom where do you think where do you think that came from do you I mean it's a hard thing to kind of even know but it's you know like I think I think of everything you've done in organizing it's, it's so great like I don't know what drives you with that
2: I think... That's just, that's just part of me yeah. organically. I, I, I didn't define it till I was a little older, but what I really love is making memories for other people. I'm very much a behind the scenes person. Mm-hmm. I, you know, when Lucas Holm would have me go on stage at Celebration to announce the next one, I was always terrified. I wasn't terrified of producing that whole show. I was terrified of being on stage. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes I was terrified of producing the show, too. But, <laughs> um, but I very I, I very much love being part of making special events for other people. It, um, it's been exciting now that I'm at Reed that I... I still get to do celebration because that's like my favorite thing in the world. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm in addition to the branded shows, I'm responsible for the comic cons outside North America. So I was, you know, just in China working with the China Read Pop team, um, working on the first Beijing Comic Con, and I love that. I love being mm-hmm. a part of making these special events for fans that are gonna be memorable occasion in people's lives um i I love that so i think that's just the way i am that's just i liked being a bartender when i was putting myself through college because (laughs) i i just was like hosting a party for people i like like hosting a party for people
1: (laughs) that's great i feel like for so many fans whether it's a comic con or it's a celebration, that that first time that they go and they realize, just it's a very it's a very human thing that to realize you're not alone. Like no matter yeah. how weird you thought you were, you, people said you were weird. Like to be surrounded by not just hundreds but thousands and thousands of people that have the same passion you do. That's it's so you know you kind of like these are my people. I'm you know <laughs> I'm
2: yeah. That's
1: true. I'm not alone. Um,
2: That's very true. It was the exciting, really exciting thing in the mid 90s, finding the other Star Wars fans online. It was like, oh, yeah. Look at all these people. (laughs) Great.
1: That was so clear, um, which I can't believe it was a year, almost a year ago now in Anaheim, which, like we talked Uh about, the explosion of Star Wars. That was just, it was unbelievable. It was an amazing experience for me. Um, When you look back on Celebration Anaheim last year, when did you know that 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 one was going to be special, that one was going to be different?
2: Well, when we started selling out the days, um, Celebrations have always been in fairly big venues, and until Anaheim, we've never had a complete sellout of the show. And And we had a big space, and so that was like... That was the real eye opener, and I. And then we sold out of London. Yeah, the London tickets early on, and we able to, um, you know, attract a lot of cool content and cool exhibitors, and able to expand the show floor and sell more tickets. Which that that is um, real physical evidence of how the fandom is growing and excited. And, and wanting to come to celebration. And also that more people know what a celebration is, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that I think took some time as well where the core fans always knew what celebration was, but you know, there's more and more people who are maybe a little more casual fans who know what celebration is and know they want to go.
1: Yeah. I, I I remember walking the floor in Anaheim and, just seeing seen people that maybe came there out of curiosity, and but it, mm-hmm. the vibe there was so insanely positive and so happy, you know, like that yeah. uh, even people that came out of curiosity, I feel like were sucked up into that, the whole,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know— the, the amazing positive energy going on in that place not to get too hippy dippy but you know what I
2: mean no 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 it's I, I, I love celebrations for that they do feel different than other shows I mean I I love you know the comic cons that Reed pop does and I love the way people are happy there but there's there's a feeling even beyond that celebrations that you can definitely sense
1: what was your um, What was your Force Force Awakens first time experience? Because everybody, I feel like everybody I've talked to, they they had an experience the first time they watched it.
2: Well, I was very lucky. Lucasfilm invited me to the employee screening in New York, so no. I got to see it a little early. No big deal. I I went with my best friend, who I met through the Star Ladies, who lives near here.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So we are both huge Star Wars fan, so she went with me. That made it even more special. When the big surprise happens, which I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast knows what it is. Right. <laughs> but I won't say. No, just in case. Doesn't. Just in case. Right. Uh, when that happened, we were just clutching each other. We were so upset. We were just like hanging on and like, oh. <laughs> I mean, it, Yes, like one maybe could have seen it coming, but we were still just that because that was such a huge part of our Star Wars love, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, the rest of the movie like didn't even focus. So we went to see it again on Christmas Day together, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then like more absorbed the whole thing and, and really loved it. And um, I think the new characters especially have been developed brilliantly and oh yeah. They they've totally inspired I love them. I love them even though I'm a like a regional fan. And I can see how they must totally be inspiring kids to be real sincere Star Wars fans.
1: Oh yeah. I mean I have a I have a, a seven year old daughter who I took She always thought Star Wars was like dad's thing, you know. It's just something dad. Dad, that's what dads into, and I don't think I'd like that. And actually, I had the soundtrack Force Awakens playing in the car, and I was playing, Uh I was playing a Ray's theme, and she really liked it. And she was like, "I think I'd go see this." So we went to go see it, and it's the only movie that she's seen in the theater twice.
0: Oh, that's great! Yeah, and she just, she just, Mm -hmm. and
1: she got it immediately, and she loved Ray. And she loved Finn, and she like she got it, and she was just like, okay, yeah. And then she's watched all the other ones now, and it's like, you know, and people are like, oh, okay. you, you know, you, because you love Star Wars so much. It's like, no, she she got, you know. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Well, kids, kids are going to make their own decisions on that stuff. Like, you can't. I think I, I don't have kids, so I shouldn't speak like I know <laughs> what goes on. But I I just remember from me being a kid. Like, I'd have to make my own decisions on what I loved and what I didn't, you know.
1: And but they do, I think, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, so then she was just like, I want to go to the next celebration Uh, because I was like, Oh, Oh, okay, (laughs) we'll see. Uh, so can I ask you about Bosque?
2: Oh, yes, (laughs) yes, I love Bosque.
1: Wait, so. Where, how, how did it, it's, it's a hard thing to describe love for someone, especially Bosk. Where did the, (laughs) where where did your, your passion for Bosk, where do you think it started?
2: Well, he's, when I, I saw Empire Strikes Back, like we all love the shot of all the bounty hunters Mm -hmm. and, and the way he's just standing there, like with his feet hanging over the edge and he's just like hissing at the guy like mm-hmm. you, know, you know I always felt like Bosk was the the one bounty hunter who was just just openly badass mm-hmm. like the rest of them they kind of like to look subtle they kind of like like, oh maybe I'm dangerous maybe I'm not but not Bosk. No, just like yeah I will just rip your throat out I'm not going to be subtle <laughs> 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 I don't know I like his attitude, the jumpsuit. I love that Dave Filoni used him so much in The Clone Wars, and um, Dave used to torment me because he, when I worked with the because he knows Boss is my favorite, and he would he would torment me with what he may or may not do with Boss. <laughs> That's cool. <cruel>.
1: That's so <laughs> cool. He can't mess with that because he's got like the power to make it happen. He's
2: really like teasing me, you know? Yeah. <laughs>
1: What's your, what's we had
2: your f- a running joke about who would win in a fight, like Plo Koon, who's Dave Floney's favorite character, or Boss Yeah, you know, I'd be like Boss? Plo Koon is just lame Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it? Is it really true? But I, I, would like to teach him too.
1: <laughs> Single tear goes down Dave Floney's cheek. Yeah. Um, uh, what's your favorite uh, Bosque related thing that you have in your collection?
2: Oh, I have this wonderful... It's a small bust. It's one of a kind. It's hand-carved and painted by a fan in Japan. Wow. I have put pictures of it up a couple times, like on Twitter. He's, it's a perfect Boss expression. He's kind of looking sideways.
0: Yeah.
2: And, and he's... It, it's, he captured Boss beautifully. It's really well done. It looks just like him. And it sits on my desk. Um, It's a favorite because it's perfect, and it's a favorite because it's the one and only thing. I was able to trade for Steve's fan suite. Oh, my. Yeah. Steve had a a whole bunch of busts of Bosque. Not of Bosque, I'm sorry. Different characters done by this fan in Japan. And I really wanted the boss but of course I can't get it, you know, from him. Mm-hmm. But when we when we did when um, we did the US post office stamp issue on um, uh, in celebration four in Los Angeles, I was re- because I worked on that with the post office, I received something from the post office that was extremely rare. And Steve wanted it but I said, You know, <laughs> down it if you trade that boss. <laughs> <laughs> I also like it because it is the one and only thing I've gotten
1: out of Steve's collection. <laughs> I bet, yeah. It's a yeah, a little piece of pride right there, too.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's
1: it. So, with Celebration London coming up around the corner, any any sneak peeks? Any any? How are you feeling with the show? Anything fans can really look forward oh, to?
2: I can't say specifics, but it's going to be so exciting for fans because there's. You think of all the new things that are coming mm-hmm. from Star Wars, and you know, coming in the immediate future, coming a little further in the future. There's so much, and it's yeah, it could be amazing. It's exciting. I can't wait till we can announce some of these things because fans can go crazy. like oh
1: I wish I was going to be there. The next U.S. one, though, I will. I'll do anything to take. So I'll I'll start walking tomorrow if I gotta be there. Um, um, so you were saying you just got back from Beijing, doing the first uh, Comic Con in Beijing. That's got to be so amazing, though. Like spreading spreading the like we were saying before, spreading the Comic Con joy throughout the world. Now it's um, mm-hmm.
2: it is. I love it. Um, yeah, we were just planning for the first Comic-Con Beijing. It's going to be the 9th and 10th of June in, in Beijing. Um, wow. Yes. I love seeing how fans of pop culture in the world are the same and yet different. You know, they have We have shows in India and China, Australia, Indonesia, Singapore, France, mm-hmm. Vienna, outside the United States right now. And we're looking to grow. portfolio as well um it's i love seeing and just last year we launched in um first shows in vienna paris shanghai and we really relaunched the show in jakarta which had happened just once before and it it was in all cases just an amazing experience like the Fans come; they have such a good time. They love different things about pop culture. Yeah, they might really love Star Wars, or really love Captain America, or really mm-hmm. love anime, or you know whatever they love. But they come together and have such a good time. And there's some—I I, just—it's exciting. It's really exciting to be working on that.
1: That's so great. It's so great. So if if folks want to follow you, um, like on Twitter or something, how can they? How can they do that?
2: I am, well, I used to be at, at Mary LFL, but now I am at Mary PopCon. Awesome. So Mary, P-O-P-C-O-N, PopCon.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you, Mary Franklin, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Um, oh,
2: thank you for letting me talk about what I love.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. And like I said, I can't wait for to hear what's going on in London. I will be jealously watching everything that goes on overseas <laughs> and hopefully at the next uh, u.s celebration i can say hi i
2: hope so too please dance.
1: oh thank you so much again seriously how great is mary franklin so great i can't i can't express how um how thankful i am that she agreed to do that interview and talk to me and uh how awesome on this day that uh, force awakens comes out on dvd that we have a in-depth look at the past, present, and future of Star Wars fandom. Uh, thank you, Mary, once again. So if you are listening on iTunes, take a minute and leave us a review there, and I will read your review on an upcoming show. And you can follow Blast Points on Twitter. We are at Blast underscore points. Leave us suggestions for future topics for shows. The next show we're doing, uh, Gabe's going to be back and we're going to be doing an in-depth look at our top 10 favorite Star Wars deleted scenes, which should be awesome. We're curious what some of your favorite deleted scenes are. Send us a message, let us know. You can also contact us on Facebook and we're on Instagram. So that's about it for this week. Give a shout out once again to Mary Franklin for that great interview. And thank you for listening. And until next time. Goodbye, old friend.
0: and to everyone who's watching uh, who's not here, we cannot thank you enough. Uh, the uh, the energy that you guys are uh, throwing our way is evidence of the force, and we couldn't be more grateful. Um, and we want to show you, uh, this is our second teaser, and uh, we're very excited for you to see it. We hope you like it, uh, but mostly, mostly, thank you so much for thank all of you. your support. Thank you.